time for your week 11 start sit. We've got the NFC home games. I'm John Hogat, Superflex Dude, along with my buddy Stompy at FF Stompy. And uh, we'll go through the, the start sits for you real quick here with the, the green, yellow, red, like we always do. Uh, before we get to that, though, just want to tell you about another podcast from the DLF family, a podcast mega feed, the DLF Dynasty podcast, the flagship for the mega feed. Join the longest running weekly dynasty fantasy football podcast in the industry as they analyze the game of Dan- dynasty football with veteran hosts Dan Myler, Matt Price, and Ryan McDowell, seasoned professionals who know how to win and don't take themselves too seriously. The DLF Dynasty podcast team will keep you informed and entertained all year long. And real quick, stomp before we uh, before we get into these, let's uh, let's check in with our resident doctor, Ethan Turner, and get the injury report, and then you and I will get started. John Hogue at Superflex Dude here with Doctor Ethan Turner. He's at E Turner FF underscore PT on Twitter. So make sure you're following him to keep up with all of the the injury news and notes uh, going into NFL Week Eleven. Uh, but Ethan, we're going to jump in here for uh, for the first part of our injuries and uh, talk about the NFC home games a little bit. First of all, some new injuries that prop that popped up just in the last week, uh, and we'll start with Devonta Freeman, uh, running back for the Falcons, who uh, who went out with uh, with uh, ankle. Uh, you you tell me what what's up with Freeman and is is uh, when are we getting him back? We haven't gotten a, a whole lot on what's going on exactly with Freeman yet. Uh, what we have heard is that he's dealing with some type of foot slash toe sprain. Um, could be a turf toe issue. Um, again, not a ton of information on this one yet, but uh, we have heard that they're projecting him to miss about two weeks with this, which obviously made Brian Hill a pretty uh, hot waiver wire target earlier in this week. Um, but Honestly, with the foot injuries, it's just like just like everyone else I talk talk about with these foot injuries, you should just expect it to take longer than than what they they initially put. Um, you know, two weeks is pretty generous if he's dealing with a toe or a foot injury. There's just there's not a good way to rehab these types of injuries. They tend to linger. Um, they tend to not heal as well as you'd hope. Uh, Look at Cam Newton for an example. Uh, Again, just foot, toe injuries are not good news. I don't expect Freeman back um, for at least this week, probably next week, and possibly even longer after that. So, again, not not an ideal situation for Devonta Freeman. Not an ideal situation for that entire Atlanta offense either. They also lose Austin Hooper. Uh, Are we going to see him again anytime soon? It's not looking like it. Uh, Hooper's dealing with an MCL sprain, which typically would be a you know a two to four week injury, but the reports are that this one was pretty significant, and they're saying over a month, which is not ideal. Um, a month out would put him back at week fifteen, uh, just in time for if hopefully you aren't relying on him to win in the first round or first two rounds, depending on how your league is set up of the playoffs. Um, you know, this is, this is significant. I think he was leading the league at, uh, in terms of tight end targets and receptions. So, um, this is, this is a major fantasy injury. Um, this is 
not ideal for Hooper owners. Um, really not much on the team in terms of uh, backups. I think Luke Stocker could have maybe some low-end tight end two value, but he's mostly a blocker. Um, I think this is going to come down to the pass catchers, you know, your Julio Jones, your Calvin Ridley's, um, and then I guess Russell Gage is maybe a name to look out for uh, in terms of guys who could be catching uh, some passes now that Hooper is out. And all signs point to Brian Hill. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Now, so this this one is always astounding to me. And I, I'll, I'll let me preface this by saying I, I recognize there's a lot of surface area to the human back. So this might not be the same injury, but Derek Carr two years ago with a broken back missed like two games, something like that, two, one, two, maybe mm-hmm. three games, something like that. Is, is it the same situation with Matthew Stafford, and is it the same uh, timeline for his return? Because uh, this it feels like a really quick turnaround for something as, as important as your, as your back. Yeah, this is – Stafford's dealing with stress fractures in his back, and I actually didn't know this, but he was coming – Last week, he ended a 136 straight game of starting in the NFL. It's like the sixth or fifth or sixth longest streak in NFL history. And, and I don't feel like that was talked up enough. Um, Stafford is a warrior. That guy is a guy who plays through pain a lot. Clearly, the stress fractures in his back right now um, are, are affecting him from a pain perspective. And, and, and the team felt like... You know, it wasn't it wasn't worth it to try to push him out there. Uh, it sounded like he maybe wanted to try to try it out, but the team wasn't really pushing it. Um, he hasn't actually returned to practice yet. He's not practicing as of Thursday. We're kind of trending towards him not playing again this Sunday. Um, I would be surprised if they let him play at this point. Uh, the turnaround is quick. It's one of those things that really it's a it's it's kind of tricky. I mean, it really is. I mean. Carson Wentz was dealing with this last year as well with these stress fractures in his back. And it's not really something you want to play around with. Um, we'll, we'll kind of see what the team decides with Stafford. Maybe he's more on that three to four week range where, you know, as soon as he starts feeling okay, he can come back, just give him some time to rest. Uh, but this could turn into a Carson Wentz situation where uh, basically you think he's good. And then, then we find out later that, you no, know, we're just going to shut him down for the year. And I don't think that the lions are going to do that yet, but it's, it's definitely a, a scary thought that that could be an option. Same offense. And man, that, that speaking of, uh, of an offense getting banged up, getting beat up, uh, they're kind of running out of weapons in Detroit right at the moment. Uh, running back Ty Johnson, who was supposed to be the backup to carry on Johnson. Uh, now Ty Johnson also uh, looks to uh, possibly miss some time. Are we going to have him this week? Johnson's dealing with a concussion, and honestly, he wasn't impressing. I feel like three weeks ago, he was the Brian Hill of this week, and he hasn't really impressed with the opportunities he's been given thus far. Um, he is still technically in the concussion protocol, but he did get a practice in on Thursday, which is good for him playing. I just, I still expect JD McKissick to see a jump in snaps this week. I don't know if for sure if I don't expect 
Johnson to miss this game, but I just think with how ineffective he has been, uh, this team is probably going to be playing from behind. Just I don't think the offense is going to score a ton of points without Stafford, and I think that 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 plays more towards McKissick's game than Ty Johnson's. So we should we probably should have known that there was a a lost season coming for Chris Herndon when he served the the suspension finally is eligible to return and then is out with the hamstring injury finally finally gets on the field and now it's right back to the to the injury list uh what's the long-term outlook for chris herndon herndon is dealing with some broken ribs and they actually placed him on ir which i I think is kind of surprising for a lot of people um clearly this is a significant injury anyone who's never had broken ribs before um the the way that I would describe it is basically every breath you take hurts and that is very hard to play through. So anytime you see a a rib injury, um, I'm not surprised when they end up on the IR just because it is incredibly painful. It takes time. Um, you know, the team is already basically out of contention. There's, there's really no reason to push them back. Uh, this is just a lost season. It is, it's, it was from the beginning and, Hopefully he can come back uh, the right way this time, not using any illegal substances, and um, can be ready for 2020. And staying at the tight end position, and uh, man, a guy that a lot of of draft capital was invested into this guy, George Kittle now on the injury report. Is he going to play on Sunday? And if not, how long are we looking at uh, being without George Kittle? So Kittle has been dealing with a few injuries. He's he's dealing with some type of knee sprain. Um, he's also dealing with some ankle issues. Again, a very clouded um, reporting on this one. I haven't seen a whole lot of definitive, this is what is wrong with Kittle. Um, initially this week, earlier this week, actually, Kyle Shanahan came out and said that uh, he did not expect Kittle to play. So he basically ruled him out for this week at the beginning of the week. And I think, I think Shannon may have slipped up a little bit. Again, we talk about how there's no competitive advantage to telling your opponent that your best players aren't going to play. Um, so Shanahan has since backed off of that and said, well, we don't know for sure if he's going to play or not, which is uh, he should have taken that approach from the beginning. I, my personal belief is that uh, co- the good coaches always find a way to kind of mask if a player is hurt, or if they're going to play or not. Um, so Shanahan's kind of the fact that he said it earlier in the week and then has since backed off tells me that he's probably just trying to play to. Um, he doesn't want his opponent to know that Kittle isn't going to play. I don't expect Kittle to play this week. Um, I think he's still just kind of banged up. And it's again, it sounds like early in the week, the team didn't expect him to play. And it's pretty rare that. Uh, the team, the team is wrong about those things. If if, if they if he felt good enough to say it earlier this week, there's probably some pretty good uh, evidence behind him not being ready for Sunday. It's an awfully juicy matchup against Arizona Cardinals. It'd be unfortunate to not have Kittle, but uh, sounds like uh, that's going to be the the reality. So, kind of the second option for Jimmy Garoppolo is Emmanuel Sanders, and now he's on the injury report as well. Are we going to have him at least? You know, I don't know. This one, again, he's dealing with a, a rib slash cartilage damage is all we've really heard so far. Um, it, it isn't looking likely that he is going to play. Again, we're going back to the ribs like with Herndon. It hurts, and it hurts to breathe, and he didn't come back last week. I don't expect him to be ready, and if he is, I don't think he's going to be at 100%. 
let's just update a few injuries real quick. It sounds like Darius Geis is finally going to get back on the field. Finally, uh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second game of his career in the NFL. It looks yes. like we are going to see Darius Geis. Uh, coming off a meniscus injury, uh, he had a knee scope. Uh, they put him on IR, which I think, uh, again, I think I spoke on this earlier in the season that that was surprising to me. Normally, it only takes about six weeks. So he should feel pretty good at this point. Um, you know, he is set to return. Uh, second regular season game ever. Um, you know, I, I think the team is expecting him to split work with Adrian Peterson. Uh, but I think the value, and I th- the reason I would say guys still has some uh, some flex value, um, especially with bye weeks and things, is that uh, Chris Thompson is dealing with a toe injury. It doesn't look like he is going to play. So if and we know the AP hasn't always really been a, a reliable pass catcher. If we could see Darius guys make a few plays uh, through the air, I would be I would be really happy as an as a a heavy investor in Darius guys in dynasty leagues. Not a great matchup with the Jets, but you've got to think that there's going to be some volume for the running game uh, for Washington uh, as long as Dwayne Haskins is your is your starting quarterback. Uh, a couple more running backs who uh, may or may not uh, be on the field. In a, I mean, not a great matchup anyways, but David Johnson and Chase Edmonds for the Cardinals both uh, looking at possibly missing this game. Do you think we get them this week? I do think we see David Johnson. He's dealing with kind of an ankle slash back injury. This is a, this is what I would call a wear and tear injury injury for a running back. You know, it's just kind of a, a little neck here, a little banged up here. Man, I saw some I saw some snaps that he took on Sunday, and he looks he looks hurt. I mean, he just looked. It, it was kind of disheartening, honestly, from a, a, a guy that is as explosive as explosive as David Johnson. He didn't look anything like that. He looked pretty pedestrian um, on the carries that he got. Uh, obviously, negative fantasy points. You never want to see that. Um, as far as Chase Edmonds, uh, he's dealing with the hamstring. It's not looking like he's going to play. He still hasn't returned to practice yet. So, I mean, honestly, I'm probably sitting both of these dudes, which is just heartbreaking for me because, man, it's tough to sit a stud like David Johnson when he's when he's going to play even if he isn't at 100 percent, i just think Kenyon drake that trade for drake really told me a lot about what what's going on with johnson right now man the so it sounds like the best thing that could happen would actually be to just bench david johnson let him get healthy and uh let Kenyon drake carry that load but doesn't sound like that's uh particularly likely to happen in a tough matchup anyways uh, one last guy to get to, Adam Thielen, um, and he's missed, what, the last two weeks, I believe? Um, yes, I think it's the last two weeks. Yeah, He got hurt, I think, in week eight. So, yeah, it's yeah, so the last two weeks. was in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so do we get, uh, do we get Adam Thielen back finally? Uh, no. <laughs> he's still with <laughs> a hamstring strain. Uh, there's still no timetable for him returning. Uh, they said he could possibly return this week, but those two things don't add up. When they say no timetable, that just means that there's, it's highly unlikely that he's playing this week. All right. That'll do it. Lots of, lots of, uh, heavy casualties this week. Uh, we're going to be without a lot of fantasy relevant players this week, but 
it's good to know it now. So that's why that's why you follow Dr. Ethan Turner on Twitter at eTurnerFF underscore PT so that you can keep up with all of the latest injury news. And uh, he keeps you updated throughout the weekend. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about uh, a few more injuries on uh, on the part two episode of the Star Sits. Um, but uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following Ethan and keeping up with all of the injuries going into NFL Sunday. All right, Stompy, let's jump right into this, man. Uh, it, you, uh, you, you got our, our Broncos here. So, uh, I'll let you, you started off with that barn burner of a game. I don't really know how to feel about the Broncos anymore. <laughs> Apparently yeah. Brandon Allen is the best QB on the team right now. That's fun. Um, he, he is by the way. <laughs> so, hey, John, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, inside jokes are the best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, not a fantastic game. I mean, you would think with the Minnesota Vikings having the weapons that they do, that this would be pretty lopsided, but the Broncos defense has been pretty good, like top five good this season. And they've been able to shut down offenses. Um, so my only green lights this week, Cortland Sutton, uh, and, um, Dalvin Cook, Carlton Sutton obviously stepped into that number one role, and he really has not taken a step back, I suppose. He he was able to put up some numbers last week against a good defense. He was able to put up some numbers against uh, – or not last week, but two weeks ago against a good defense, good numbers against Indianapolis uh, uh, three weeks ago. So I'm just not concerned about Sutton. He, he presents matchup problems because he's so fast and he's so big, and he's a good 50-50 ball guy. So – not really worried about that. Plus, the Minnesota Vikings um, defense has given up points, fantasy points to wide receivers. That secondary, which we thought was which was scary last season, um, and scary, uh, or and we thought would be scary this season, has definitely not been nearly as good as we would think. Um, they have given up the second most fantasy points over the last five weeks. So, Cortland Sutton definitely a good start this week. Uh, Dalvin Cook is. I, I think we can call him matchup proof at this point just because of his involvement in the passing game. If he gets shut down on the ground, his involvement in the passing game kind of mitigates that. His lowest fantasy point total this season, 13.4 fantasy points. So you can basically guarantee a top 24 finish week in, week out. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a must start, and he's going to be a green light against any and every uh, defense this, uh, for the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy yellow lights, uh, the passing offense for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk cousins, uh, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, all yellow lights. As I mentioned, the Broncos defense has been very good at shutting down offenses, especially the passing game. Uh, they have given up the fifth fewest fantasy points to QBs over the last five weeks. Uh, I believe it's the third fewest on the season. Uh, so that's why Kirk Cousins, though he has been a lot better since those first three games, that's why Kirk Cousins is a yellow light this week. Um, in terms of the wide receivers, on the season, the Broncos have given up, again, the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They, I mean, 
I think a lot of people and us included thought that the loss of Bryce Callahan uh, at the, at the beginning of the season was going to hurt them a lot, but uh, Kareem uh, Jackson stepped in and they've had a lot of good young guys step in and, and, and play important roles in stopping that, that passing offense. They have given up two fantasy games of over 20 fantasy points. And those were in the first three weeks. They have yet to do that since. And so, I mean, while while it is a concentrated offense for all intents and purposes for the Minnesota Vikings, I just don't – you have to temper expectations with both Thielen and Diggs because the Broncos just do not give up fantasy points to wide receivers. So while they could have decent fantasy days, I just don't think they're going to have that ceiling that we would expect from either of them. Um, and then the other yellow light I have here is Philip Lindsay. Uh, and, and this was tough because – Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are basically splitting snaps 50-50 at this point. But Philip Lindsay has been so much more efficient with the ball in his hands. He is the RB18 versus Royce Freeman is the RB, I believe, 39 on the season. And it's because Philip Lindsay is just a lot more efficient, like I mentioned. Um, both are involved in the pass game. Actually, Royce Freeman has more targets than Philip Lindsay does, which is kind of astounding. Um, but, yeah, I mean – the, the Vikings are also very good against the run. They are not good against the pass. They have been good against the run. Uh, they have allowed the uh, fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. Um, in terms of DVOA, they rank uh, fifth against the run. So Philip Lindsay not only has to split time with Royce Freeman, but he also has to face a good defense so that's going to limit his upside here but I don't think you're going to sit Philip Lindsay unless you have a really good matchup somebody like Brian Hill who we'll talk about here in a bit Brian Hill has a fantastic matchup this week so you might be sitting Philip Lindsay for somebody like Brian Hill but other than that you're, you're just I don't think you can really sit Philip Lindsay because of his efficiency uh, red lights uh, I mentioned Brandon Allen He's more of a game manager at this point. I don't really expect them to him to throw for 250, 300 yards and three touchdowns. It's just not who he's going to be. This this team is built around the run game and the defense, so I don't expect Brandon Allen to put up gaudy numbers. Um, though Minnesota has been relatively poor against quarterbacks as well, but Brandon Allen is just not that guy to put up those type of numbers. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton has just not been involved whatsoever, and I think the Broncos are really looking forward to having Tim Patrick back. Uh, but Deshaun Hamilton, for the excitement that we had going into last season, he just has not been involved, um, and they need him to be more involved, but you can't trust him until he starts to show something. No offense, um, the the Vikings are good against tight ends. Um no fan has, I believe, the most targets on the team since the Emmanuel Sanders trade. But like I said, Minnesota decent against or, or really pretty good against the uh, against tight ends. So can't trust a three tar what three catch one hundred fifteen yard game in 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 the touchdown. His one touchdown was what a seventy yard touchdown or something like that. So can't trust that he's going to continue to do that. Um, and then the two tight ends for 
Minnesota, Rudolph and Irv Smith, though Rudolph has been involved more in the red zone. The Broncos have actually been relatively decent against tight ends this season. So they're not, those two tight ends aren't, they're first splitting, splitting touches and second, they're, they're just not very involved in that pass game. So can't trust either of them this week. And then, like I mentioned, Royce Freeman, uh, just not as efficient with the ball in his hands, and he's going out against a good run defense. Uh, man, it's, it, it feels hard to imagine a whole lot of offense in that. In in on either side uh, in that game, as as good as the the Vikings offense is on paper, it's just it's a tough matchup. That's a it's a kind of tricky one. I, I was sitting here trying to find find kind of a path to some fantasy productivity. And I, I just, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I think that you're, uh, I, you know, two green lights and, and I think that's about as, as generous as you could possibly be, uh, one on each side that, that feels about right. Um, so, uh, let's see, Cowboys are at the lions and start with the Cowboys side. Because, I mean, just start everybody, essentially. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper. To me, those are all top two or three options at their position. Ezekiel Elliott, very possibly the number one running back for the week. So, I mean, these are the greenest green lights green lights possible. The last time uh, the Cowboys played the Lions, Zeke went for 240 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's, uh, he's on a little bit of a drought here, uh, getting in the end zone. It's been, uh, he hasn't scored in the last two games, but I think this is, uh, this is where they get him back on track. It used to be the case that the lions secondary, you had to worry about who's matched up with Darius Slay. That's no longer the case. He just got absolutely abused by Allen Robinson, who to me is not even close to the talent of Amari Cooper. I, this is it's a must start game for Amari Cooper and by extension Dak Prescott and the fact that he, you know the the best wider or the best cornerback the best coverage is on, is going to be on Amari Cooper means that there's also a path of least resistance for Michael Gallup these they're all they're all green lights for me uh, the only yellow light in that offense Jason Witten just because they're they're not using the tight end position nearly as much as we would like to see Randall Cobb even I, I'll give him a yellow light still but he, he's a very sneaky start for me I think uh, this offense has all kinds of opportunities uh, the the Lions are uh, they're allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs they're allowing the 12th most fantasy points to wide receivers Everybody gets involved here. You might even see some Tony Pollard. I wouldn't start him, but in a pinch in those super, super deep leagues, I think that even Tony Pollard is going to be involved. No red lights on that side. On the Lions side, Kenny Galladay, uh, I'll give him a green light. It's very dim, but uh, we'll, we'll give him a green light just on, uh, just on volume and a there's a big piece of this that is still unknown. Uh, Matthew Stafford, whether or not he's going to play with back fractures, fracture is uh, 
plural. I don't know how how this is even a discussion at this point with multiple spots in his back broken. There's still a chance that he plays, and if he does, I think that you elevate Kenny Galladay a little bit. Otherwise, if you're talking about Jeff Driscoll, we're going to bump Kenny Galladay down to a yellow light. Uh, Stafford, if he were to play, still rehabbing a broken back, we'll give him a yellow light. Dallas is allowing the uh, fourth fewest fantasy points to to the quarterback position and the second fewest to the wide receiver position. Uh, the the kind of the angles for the Lions would be the running backs and the tight ends. Dallas is uh, allowing the 15th most fantasy points to running backs and the fourth most to tight ends. However, Ty Johnson still in the concussion protocol, not looking great for him to play. Uh, you're gonna you're probably gonna see a lot of JD McKissick, and especially if you've got Dr- Jeff Driscoll as a starting quarterback. it's so easy for Dallas to just key in on the run, stop J.D. McKissick, and shut down this entire offense. We'll still give McKissick a yellow light, but it's if Matthew Stafford is your quarterback, I feel a lot better about J.D. McKissick than uh, than with Jeff Driscoll. Marvin Jones gets a, a just barely gets a yellow light. I might even give him. I think I'm going to change it and give him a red light. Again, the Cowboys are just the strength of their defense is in the secondary, allowing the just the second fewest uh, fantasy points to wide receivers. Let's get Marvin Jones on the bench if you can do it. TJ Hawkinson is a, a sneaky star as a yellow light uh, going up against the fourth worst defense against uh, fantasy tight ends. <sighs> A little beat up as well, but there's uh there's if if there's a path for the Lions to get in the end zone, it's going to be through T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, I mean, I think Galladay has almost proven to be matchup proof at this point, um, even with Jeff Driscoll, because they, I mean, they faced a good a good defense against wide receivers, and he still put up decent numbers so um I, I, and yeah. i think you mentioned that is it, it's still a good I, I i it wasn't a great matchup last week and i wouldn't have given him like a bright green light last week with chicago and i said it's you mentioned it that god he's just not it's not a fantastic matchup and he's got a backup quarterback so yeah, yeah or, I, I mean, or I, a quarterback I, with a broken back either either way yeah. so i can't, I can't i can't disagree with anything there the only one that's like if he is who do you double on that team in terms of the pass catchers? Because you double you you double Galladay and you have Marvin Jones, and Marvin Jones has proven that he can be a weak winner with that four touchdown game. You mm-hmm. double Marvin Jones, and Galladay is going to eat you alive. So that's my only catch. There is like, is Marvin Jones a red light? Uh, I get why he you put him there, but it, it's it. Because this this offense specifically is likely the most concentrated offense in the league, I just think volume is there that there will be chances. But yeah, it's it's very possible. I I had him as a yellow light and then just audible to a red light as I was doing the the breakdown there, and I I I'm gonna stand by that just because 
I mean, if you've got Marvin Jones, it first of all, there's some nice matchups this week uh, and some some pretty sneaky starts. And I think that we've got a few of them uh, that uh, that we're going to be able to talk about that I would personally prefer over Marvin Jones. And above all else, this late in the fantasy season, I just I, I want more floor than what Marvin Jones could possibly offer against his secondary. Fair enough. All right, moving on. Uh, I have the Saints at the Buccaneers. This is likely the highest scoring. Well, I guess Houston and uh, Houston and Baltimore are playing, but one of the more higher scoring games uh, this week. Um, so green lights here. Uh, Drew Brees, obviously. Uh, th- this pass defense for Tampa Bay is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. It's it's just so funny that they have such a good run defense and they have such a bad pass defense. And, I mean, a lot of that can be attributed to Indomitian Sioux, so respect. But um, So, yeah, I mean, the, the Buccaneers have allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season. Uh, Drew Brees was not able to face Tampa Bay the first time, but Teddy Bridgewater for, threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns. So, that gives you an idea of what Drew Brees should be able to do. Um, so along with that, Michael Thomas, um, again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is atrocious. They have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Um, Michael Thomas had 11 catches on 13 targets for 182 yards and two touchdowns. I don't know if you can really expect that that type of production, but 100 yards and a touchdown, very inside the realm of pos- – I mean, inside the probable probabilities for Michael Thomas, so obviously green light. Uh, Chris Godwin for the Tampa Bay Bucks. We, I think we've mentioned this before several times that New Orleans Saints – uh, pass defense has actually been relatively decent of late, but they still give up big games to uh, slot wide receivers. Um, so, I, I mean, I would expect – I mean, Godwin the first time around had uh, 125 yards and two touchdowns. I would uh, – again, can't really expect the two touchdowns part, but 100 yards and a touchdown is not – I mean, there's a very there's a very good chance that that happens. Um, we saw we saw Cooper Cup go, or or sorry, not Cooper Cup, but uh, Tyler Lockett go off on them. We saw. Oh no, we did see Cooper Cup go off on them. Um, in uh, so I it, I think um, because there's so much volume to Godwin and Evans, they're both good starts, but Godwin's a must start this week with the uh, struggles in the slot for new Orleans, Jared cooks, another green, the other green light here, the bucks <laughs> once again, uh, against a, a, a pass catcher or quarterback struggle. And they give they've given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends on the season. They did not give up big points last week. Uh, though I did start Charles Clay in one, in one league, but they, they've given up big points in basically every week besides last week. So Jared Cook's a good start this week as well, uh, and he's the final green light for this game. Yellow lights, uh, Alvin Kamara, and this might be a surprise, but like I mentioned, the 
Bucks struggle against the pass, but they're very good against the run. They have given up the second fewest fantasy points to running backs on the season. They're also very good uh, against pass catching running backs. So they rank first in DVOA against the run. They rank first in DVOA against running backs in coverage. So I, I still think you're going to start Kamara because he's so involved, heavily involved in that passing game and there's just not many pass catchers in New Orleans that you trust. He's probably going to get five plus targets and you're going to have a fine, fine day, but you need to temper those expectations a la that's why we say that for yellow lights. Uh, Jameis Winston, probably a high scoring game. Jameis Winston, <laughs> I think it's pretty well known that Jameis Winston is not a he's horrible. He's, um, he's not a podcast favorite by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Still the QB seven on the season. <laughs> what the hell? Um, it's because he he creates his own garbage time. <laughs> he throw he throws them behind games and then he has to throw them back into them. Some of it's uh, garbage time. Some of it's just garbage. Well, no, it's all garbage. But he has to he has <laughs> to throw a lot because he creates his own garbage time. Um, but last time against New Orleans, yeah, he did only have two hundred four yards. He did have two touchdowns. Uh, 19.5 fantasy points, but because it is a high scoring game, I think you can trust to start him. Um, but New Orleans has been, their defense has been a lot better of late um, over the nope. past. Marshawn Lattimore is out by the way. Oh, is he? Well, yeah. I, I don't, I, he, he has not been nearly as good this season as many thought he would be, but regardless, the saints have allowed the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks over the past three weeks. Um, they haven't – the most they've allowed – most fantasy points they've allowed since week four is 20.6 fantasy points. So I don't know if Jameis Winston is going to have a high ceiling here, but probably a 20-plus fantasy point day, which I think you're perfectly fine with if you're starting him. So, again, temper expectations, but you should be fine starting him if he is your starting quarterback, Unfortunate, unfortunately for you. <laughs> Um, and then Mike Evans, like I mentioned, but now that it, Lattimore's out, it might be Mike Evans needs to go green here. Yes, please. Um, Mike, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, and, and if that's the case, maybe Jameis, maybe Jameis Winston is too. Um, so oh, God, I hate to admit it, but I think he probably, he, he's, he's pretty easily top 10. I think, it, I guess it depends on, on your, you know, your standards, but I think yep. for me, that's probably a green light. I mean, even, even in a five interception game, he had a 24 fantasy point game. Yeah. So, I mean, he's had four straight 300 plus yard uh, passing days. One of those was a 400 yard plus, uh, passing day. So he's going to have to throw the ball. Um, so I, Evans, Godwin, and probably Jameis at this point are probably green lights. You're, you're probably safe to start all of them. Um, and then red lights, Latavius Murray, obviously, he's he's only had two double-digit games when Kamara is healthy, and those were, I believe, both 10-point fantasy games. So not a lot to trust there in the first place, and then you face one of the best run defenses in the league. You need to sit Latavius Murray at this point. He is not Mark Ingram. Uh, Ronald Jones has seemingly taken over 
the starting running back position for Tampa Bay for whatever it's worth. But his maximum percentage of snaps played has been 53%. So he's still somewhat in a timeshare. Dare Ogunbowale is still playing. Peyton Barber is still playing. Peyton Barber got a goal line look last week uh, and, uh, and got the touchdown. And like, and the Saints have been better uh, of late against running backs as well, and they were very good last season against running backs. So not a good matchup, still in a – we'll call it a timeshare. They've given up the third fewest fantasy points to running backs over the past five weeks. So don't like Ronald Jones this week. Obviously, Peyton Barber being overtaken, unless he gets a goal line look, is not worth much anymore. O.J. Howard did have his quote-unquote breakout week last week. But the Saints are decent against tight ends. They have allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to tight ends over the last five weeks. So I don't you think you can really expect uh, a lot from OJ Howard this week. And then uh, the other two pass catchers that would be worth anything, I guess, in New Orleans, Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn, not worth it this week, despite the matchup. They just aren't involved enough. I, and so it's going to be Kamar, it's going to be Cook, it's going to be Michael Thomas for New Orleans. So those are all of my red lights. Nice. I, I Jameis Winston is always an honorary red light for me. But with that being said, yeah, I mean, if if he's on your roster for whatever reason, if you're if you're still holding out hope, then yeah, I mean, this is this is about as good as it gets situationally i mean the thing with marshawn Lattimore is he first of all he was kind of coming on before the injury second he has just absolutely owned mike evans it's so strange but he just he he owns mike evans so having him out all of a sudden to me mike evans might be i it it, it would be a tough call for me between mike evans and amari cooper if i really had to make that decision so I, I, yeah, it's hard not to like the Bucks this week, even though you know the quarterback's going to do something stupid. Uh, Jets are at Washington. Um, I put it on the show sheet as the Washington R words for you, just for you, buddy. Um, the so he, all right, here's the thing. All right, so the Jets are are giving up the twelfth. Uh, the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, not a great matchup for running backs and tight ends, but they're still uh, there. Uh, it looks like they're top 12 against running backs, uh, top three against tight ends. And then Washington, 17th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, eighth most to running backs, 14th most to wide receivers. 19th most to tight ends. There's holes on both of these defenses, but I don't have a single green light in this game. I don't trust the quarterbacks. That's the bottom line. And if I can't trust the quarterbacks, it's hard to imagine a, you know, a, a competent offense, even the running game on either side. Le'Veon Bell is the closest I've got to a green light. But still, I mean, you if you can't if you don't have a credible passing game, it's going to be really hard to keep the the running game active. And and they've had that problem over the last several weeks. 
So we're still going to give a yellow light to Le'Veon Bell here. Sam Darnold gets a yellow light, even though it's a decent matchup. Jamison Crowder gets a yellow light. Demarius Thomas is actually a pretty sneaky start for me. He he gets a yellow light. He's kind of emerged as uh, as one of Sam Darnold's safety blankets. So it's it's it, it's a decent matchup for all the all your Jets, but they're just you're you probably have better matchups. You probably have better starts. Uh, so if if you know Brian Hill, for instance, and again we're gonna get to him, but Brian Hill easily starts over Le'Veon Bell for me. And there are a handful of guys kind of in that same range who who I would prefer uh, over Le'Veon Bell. So uh, for that reason, uh, you know, uh, Devin Singletary, Jordan Howard is probably a better start. Tevin Coleman, um, you know, Damian Williams. These are all guys who you likely, you've had access to them at some point and they're going to be better starts this week than Le'Veon Bell to me. Uh, for the Jets, the biggest red light that I've got is going to be Robbie Anderson. Uh, he just, man, he's kind of, I don't know if he's in the doghouse or if it's just, if if he's got a foot out the door, I'm not totally sure what it is, but his usage has just plummeted in this offense. Uh, Jamison Crowder and Demarius Thomas have emerged as the top targets. Le'Veon Bell still uh, gets active in the passing game. And then uh, tight end Ryan Griffin. Now that Chris Herndon's on IR, we can officially consolidate the tight end work to Ryan Griffin. He's he's kind of been the red zone threat. I don't trust any of those pieces to be particular, particularly productive but Robbie Anderson's involvement is just at this point has just completely tanked and I have no interest in, in starting him probably even droppable in uh, most in, in redraft leagues for sure. And in shallower dynasty leagues probably as well. The one angle is that he's a free agent after the season. So if you've got a a way to stash him and uh, see where he lands in 2020 um, otherwise though, Feel free to drop Robbie Anderson, in my opinion. Uh, on the Washington side, uh, again, not quite as much uh, reason to believe that there's that there are weaknesses in the defense. The quarterback and the wide receiver positions are definitely the Achilles heel for the Jets. The problem is you're talking about Dwayne Haskins, and he's got to support Terry McLaurin, uh, Paul Richardson, and uh, Trey Quinn. Uh, in order for this to do anything. And we just, we haven't seen any evidence yet that Dwayne Haskins is going to be a competent NFL quarterback. I mean, this story is far from written, but right now in week 11 of 2019, I want absolutely nothing to do with Dwayne Haskins or any of his weapons. Red light for Haskins, red light for Quinn. I'll give a yellow light to Terry McLaurin just on reputation, but he, he's, it's been, he had three catches for 40 yards, I believe last week. Uh, it, it's and and that's kind of been his ceiling for the last three weeks. So not much of an angle for the passing game. As far as the running backs go, now you've got Darius Geis back in the mix. It sounds like it's going to be a split between Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. 
You're not going to get a full workload from Geist just yet, not in his first game back from the injury. But you're still going to, you are going to get a decent dose of Darius Geist. So definitely enough to totally cannibalize Adrian Peterson. And not, on top of all that, it's just not a great matchup for running backs. It's not horrible, but they're the Jets are allowing the 23rd fewest fantasy points to running backs. It, it would take volume in order to to really trust a running back going against that defense. And again, neither of these running backs is going to get it. Yellow light on Adrian Peterson, and that's pretty generous. Red light on Darius Geis. Let's give him a week and see. Uh, it, let's, let's let that workload build up a little bit before we consider Darius Geis as a start. And then a sneaky start is Paul Richardson. He's he, he's right on the border for me between yellow light and red light, but he's uh, he's been the preferred target so far for Dwayne Haskins. So just on volume alone, there's a chance that Paul Richardson puts together a double digit fantasy day for you. So, I, I mean, I hate I hate this game. I think it's yeah. probably the grossest game. <laughs> yep. This week, uh, I don't, I don't think I necessarily vehemently disagree with anything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't love anything on the Jets besides Lev Bell, um, and I don't even love Lev Bell. I just he 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 basically gets eighty five percent of the running back touches, and so the volume is there. He's going to get a double digit fantasy day. So probably, I mean. He is a green light because you're not going to sit him, but, I mean, your expectations aren't that high. The ones I do disagree on, I hate Sam Darnold this week. The the Washington has allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks over the past five weeks. I'm going to read off, since week five, the or sorry, since week six, the fantasy points given up by Washington. And I and and this has a lot to do with matchup too. Um, a combined fourteen or fifteen point four to Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen, Jimmy Garoppolo got nine point six. That was a bad. Uh, those are that mud game, rain game. Fourteen point five to Kirk Cousins, and nineteen point two to Josh Allen. And and part of that was he got a rushing touchdown. So they're just, they're not giving up a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks right now. Sam Darnold has not looked fantastic since he's gotten back from mono. Besides that Dallas game, and obviously that that trickles down to the wide receivers. Um, Crowder's probably a, a yellow light. Other than that, I just don't like anybody on the Jets in terms of their pass catchers. And then with Dwayne Haskins, I get not wanting anything to do with him, but. The um, Jets have allowed the seventh most fantasy points over the past five weeks to quarterbacks. The last three weeks, they've averaged, allowed an average of 29.6 fantasy points. So if there's a game where Dwayne Haskins, quote unquote, breaks out, it's this game or it should be this game. We'll see what happens. But I think he's got a lot better <laughs> matchup than we've seen before. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you say that compulsively now. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just and I, and I think and it sounds like they want to move Terry McLaurin around to get him open because they realize what kind of weapon he is. So I don't hate Dwayne Haskins this week. I don't hate Terry McLaurin this week. Um, so 
honestly, you would I, you would yellow light Haskins. Yeah, I think so. I might be okay. starting Haskins over Darnold this week. Um, now that oh, wow. that's, that's not saying much because these this game <laughs> just horrendous. But yeah, I mean, if if you are in a lurch here, Dwayne Haskins is not the worst player to have that, or the worst quarterback to be starting this week. Yeah, ideally you're not starting either of those guys. I mean, what do we have two teams on by this week? Is it two or four this week? Uh, so you have Green Bay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, I mean. Chances are you've got better options yeah. than both of those guys. I mean, you probably... unless you have like Andrew Luck and and Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and you're like SOL. But well, here's one for you: Ryan Finley or Dwayne Haskins. God, I was just thinking about Finley's that. at Oakland. Yeah, I'm starting Finley in a super flex this week. Yeah, and that's that's a good question. <laughs> that's a tough one uh, what about yeah. brandon allen or dwayne haskins i would probably pick dwayne haskins okay all right so i mean you're you definitely are higher on haskins than i am because i would take brandon allen in a bad matchup well and, and it's and it's mostly because of what we've seen from the jets i mean they've allowed 28.8 to gardner Minshew, 26.6 to ryan fitzpatrick and the 33.4 to daniel jones so it's not like world beaters that they're giving these fantasy points up to two rookies and then a a journeyman who apparently just doesn't want to tank um so that that's my big thing is like okay well i mean if there's going to be a matchup that he can break out it's it's against the new york jets yeah yeah definitely fair um yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could we could go on and on with that one, but so uh, basically on that, just start Lev Bell and probably Terry McLaurin, and then screw everybody else. Yeah, and uh, well, and like I said, I'm, I I think Darnold is a yellow light. It, it sounds like for you, Haskins is a yellow light. So I mean, in Superflex, if you're it, you know if you're desperate, those guys are startable, and if you're if you feel. If if Sam Darnold is startable, I think Jamison Crowder and Demarius Thomas probably are too. But again, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, right. Definitely no green lights, though. I think we're in agreement there. All right. So let's go on to a better game this week. Uh, Thank you. Um, we're looking at the Falcons at the Panthers. Uh Basically, this is a start everybody game. Uh, Julio, CMC are, are obvious green lights. I think Samuel and DJ Moore, because of that Falcon secondary, are green lights as well. Um, Brian Hill, green light for me. The Panthers have given up the most fantasy points to running backs over the past five weeks. Believe the most on the season as well. Sorry, fourth most on the season. But yeah, I mean, it's it's um the matchup. It's like for a backup, th this is the best matchup you could ask for. Um, they've given up several twenty point games. They gave up um thirty seven point eight fantasy point game to Tevin Coleman, though he had three touchdowns. They gave up another big game to 
Derrick Henry, big game to Aaron Jones. They're giving up a ton of um, rushing touchdowns, 10 over the past five weeks. The next highest is five. So they're giving up a ton of rushing touchdowns. So definitely a chance to score for Brian Hill. He did have 20 carries in last week's game in the absence of Devonta Freeman. So you can expect him to have a huge workload this week. Uh, We've seen him flash before we saw it last year with the injuries we saw it in the preseason this year. So he's got a chance to flash and it's, and it's this matchup is perfect for that. So Hill is a green light for me. I, I know a lot of people will be like, well, he's a backup and can't necessarily trust that, but I don't think there's really a starting running back that you're not going to start against Carolina unless they are in like, unless they are Adrian Peterson and Darius guys. So, yeah, I, I, I like Brian Hill as a green light this week. Uh, yellow lights, the two quarterbacks, Matt Ryan uh, and Kyle Allen. Probably, sh- I think Allen's borderline um, green light, but it's Kyle Allen. Like, it's not, he's not turning, I mean, he's not burning or putting the world on fire. Like, he's been fine. He's winning games, but on the back of Christian McCaffrey, uh, his highest fantasy total was 29 in week three against Arizona. Since then, his next highest was 20.6 last week at Green Bay. He just – he's not relied upon to throw a ton. He, they don't lean on him to win games. They le- lean on Christian McCaffrey. So while his three main pass catchers are all green lights, I just don't think you can really trust Kyle Allen to put up those type of points – that you would expect for him a green light. So he's definitely a, a yellow light this week. Uh, Matt Ryan struggle bus last week in, in a, what should have been a decent matchup and what should have been a high scoring game. Um, but yeah, Matt Ryan's been struggling of late. And uh, so over the past two weeks, he's had 8.2 and 18.4. The previous two weeks, he had 35 and 34. But this is Matt Ryan for you. This is just what we're used to. Um, he He's a yellow light or because the Panthers have actually been decent against the pass. Um, looking at fantasy points allowed over the on the season. They've allowed the 12th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Uh, they have allowed a couple big games, but overall they've been pretty decent against quarterbacks. So that's why Matt Ryan is a yellow light this week. He's probably going to have a good game, but I mean, with, with the matchup and with, um, with some injuries on that side on, on his, in his pass catchers with Devonte Freeman out with Austin Hooper out, there's some questions around him. That's why I've put him here as yellow light. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I think a lot of people thought a lot you would you could expect a lot more from him this year, but he's been up and down again. And but with Austin Hooper out, he should be looked looked at a, a little bit more. We'll see what happens. <laughs> God damn it, John. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think he will have a decent game uh, from the slot there. Like I said, he should get a few more targets with Austin Hooper down. Uh, Greg Olson, also a yellow light, the Carolina Panthers tight end. Uh, Atlanta has not been good against any any of the pass catchers, really. Um, 
uh, though though they have given up the they're basically middle of the pack against tight ends. Uh, Greg Olson did have a good game last week. Um, so I think that you could probably expect a decent game from Greg Olson, but he, he just doesn't have the potential for that ceiling that he once did. Then the only yellow or red light I really have in this game is Luke Stalker, because I don't know what you can, I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to trust him as a fill in for Austin Hooper. So I don't know what you can expect from Luke Stalker. So I'm not, I'm just not trusting that until I see what you can expect from Luke Stalker this week. I definitely like including that one. I think that's pretty important. Uh, I think people are might be expecting, you know, for him to just pick up right where Austin Hooper left off, and so uh, that's that's not going to happen. Um, the one uh, the one thing, and I'm I'm just as high on uh, on Brian Hill as you are. I'm going to be really really annoyed when Kenyon Barner ends up leading the team in in uh, running back touches. Uh, it, I doubt it happens because it didn't happen last week, but we see that all the time where the backup in a game isn't necessarily the the starter the next week. I mean, like Malcolm Brown these days probably gets a lot more touches for L.A. than he currently does if, if Todd Gurley goes down. So, yeah, I, I, I can see it. But I just Kenyon Barner just hasn't shown anything. Like he hasn't shown anything in his career, so it would be ridiculous. But then again, it's dirt, it's dirt cutter, so I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I'm looking forward to Brian Hill. I, I I've got him as a top ten play this week in uh, a easy green light. So, um, yeah, not much not much to disagree with here. Uh, the Cardinals are at the 49ers. And man, this is just this is just night and day. So real quick, the Cardinals are allowing the most fantasy points to both quarterbacks and tight ends, the 11th most to running backs, the 11th most to wide receivers. Meanwhile, the 49ers are giving up the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, the fewest to tight ends, the third fewest to running backs and the fourth fewest to wide receivers. So the green lights, it's all on the San Francisco side. And, and and this is tough because it's not a good offense. It's not an offense that you really want to trust. But the matchup is just so juicy that Jimmy Garoppolo still gets a green light only in Superflex. One QB, I would still give him a yellow light, even in the best possible matchup here. I'm I but I'll give him a green light. It's also tough without George Kittle to trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, sounds like George Kittle is going to miss this game. I think he was officially ruled out. So uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, without his top option, he still gets a green light. It's just that good of a matchup. Uh, because they, because he gets a green light, Emmanuel Sanders also gets a green light. Uh, now he's the target monster with, uh, with George Kittle on the sideline. And then Tevin Coleman's going to get a green light as the top back. Uh, that's in, that's what, that's what Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers want to do is run the ball. So Tevin Coleman's in for a pretty good workload, by the way, Raheem Moster. So Matt Breda likely misses this game. Raheem Moster is also going to get a really pretty good workload in a good matchup here. So I've got a yellow light on him, but it's uh, for a, for a running back too. It's awfully close to a green light. And he's definitely the sneaky start of the week for me. 
uh, at the running back position. Um, that's a, that it, it's a guy that you can in a pinch go pick him up off of waivers. He's going to be on a, in on waivers in a lot of leagues, and uh, he's he can be a plug and play for you. I think he's going to be pretty productive. Yellow lights, though, uh, that's where the Cardinals finally the names finally start to come up for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray will give him a yellow light, even though he actually looked pretty good two weeks ago against the 49ers. Uh, he uh, he threw for two touchdown passes, and not only that, he was extremely accurate. Um, he uh, he going down the field to uh, uh, particularly Andy Isabella, but um, that was uh, before Christian Kirk came back. So uh, so we're also going to give a yellow light to Christian Kirk. Uh, the top option for Kyler and uh, just just on the idea that he can uh, come up with a continuation of what he did two weeks ago. Uh, you also get that rushing upside from Kyler Murray that puts him in that yellow light category where normally a quarterback's going to get a red light against this defense. Everybody else and then Debo Samuel for the 49ers is going to get a yellow light uh, as the second option. Seems like he's officially overcome Dante Pettis as the number two wide receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it's a again, it's a very nice matchup for wide receivers. Uh, we'll uh, we'll give Debo a uh, a sneaky flex consideration, uh, particularly in those deeper leagues. Everybody else is getting red lights though. David Johnson just does not look any good at all but he's still getting the, the majority of the work. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it takes away from the ability of Kenyon Drake to get anything going and, and to get into any kind of a rhythm. Neither one of those running backs is going to get enough of a workload and enough quality carries uh, to get you any substantial fantasy points. Larry Fitzgerald has just not been particularly involved in one of the strengths of the San Francisco defense is lining up against those big slot wide receivers like Larry Fitzgerald. I mentioned Andy Isabella getting free for the long touchdown. Um, I've all, I still have a red light on him, but it's awfully close to a yellow light. I do think that he's a pretty sneaky start in this game as well uh, for, for all the same reason. He's, he's kind of the opposite of uh, Larry Fitzgerald as far as the size and speed uh, that the San Francisco 49ers slot corners have a hard time with. Uh, so so we'll give him a sneaky start, but he's right on the border of yellow light and red light. And then Kendrick Bourne uh, was, uh, was heavily targeted against Seattle, but we're going to give him a red light uh, in a... Uh, uh, it just it just not enough passing volume. And I don't think that they're going to need to pass enough to, to keep Kendrick Bourne, uh, to keep him busy. I think that this is going to be a wire to wire, uh, San Francisco lead and ultimately win. Uh, so two, two wide receivers is the very most that Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to support. Uh, you'll actually have to help me out with this one. I'm not even sure who the backup court uh, tight end is. Ross Dwelly. We there you go. Him, we picked him up in our in our vampire league, buddy. Did you? Yep, we're starting him. 
So we'll give him a yellow light. It sounds yep. like apparently. Well, well, I mean that, and that that should just tell you how bad Arizona's uh, Arizona against tight ends is. I mean, I, yeah, I mean you can basically get a guy off the street to put up fantasy points against Arizona's defense in terms of tight ends. Okay, so uh, there you go, a plug and play for Ross Dwelly at tight end. Again, it's it's the absolute best matchup for tight ends. So. Um, so yeah, we'll sneak him in there as well. I, like I said, I've got Raheem Mostert as my sneaky start in this game. And for me, probably just of the week, but, uh, sounds like Ross Dwelly would be, uh, would be a close second if it wasn't for my anticipated game script for this game. So without, without George Kittle, Ross Dwelly has 11 targets in the past two games. So that should tell you. Where we're at, and that includes he caught four of four for 29 yards against Arizona in week nine. Wow. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, for this game, yeah, I, I, I don't love Kyler Murray. He did get that 23.5 fantasy points, and because of that floor, that rushing floor definitely probably belongs as yellow. I just don't – I would be looking somewhere else if I could. Um, and then I, from there, like the pass catchers, it's just so rough. Like Christian Kirk exploded last week, but do you really trust him? I mean, is he, is he a speedy receiver? Is that, is that somebody that Richard Sherman is going to have an issue with? Yeah. So, yeah. The, and that's the idea, I guess. But um, it, again, I mean, I think that's why that's what puts him in yellow light is, is, you know, if, if you've got better options, there's there's definitely a, a high ceiling for Christian Kirk, but absolutely no floor. Right. Yeah. So it's just uh, it's hard to gauge on Arizona side, because like you said, David Johnson has not been involved, let alone good the last two weeks since he's really or his last two games, of course, one of those being the back spasms game where he played a snap and then was out. Um, and then, I mean, I get Kenya Drake had a monster game, but I'm not trusting that again Mm-mm. because San Francisco, I mean, I, if they're, that is their weaknesses against the run, but I just, it's not a huge weakness to me. And I mean, I just can't imagine that DJ is not going to be involved a little bit to take away some of Kenyon Drake's touches. So I, I just don't know. I don't know how to read Arizona this week. So I'm just not trusting really anybody. Um, and then, like you mentioned, I, I mean, it's not a good offense for San Francisco, but you have to trust Tevin Coleman. Um, I do like the Raheem Mostert call uh, because they tend to use two running backs, and Raheem Mostert has been fantastic this season. Um, Emmanuel Sanders has actually, actually missed his second day in a row of practice, so is he going to play? I don't know. And if that's the case, who, who are you throwing it to? Ross Dwelly, baby. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I didn't even know the name, much less – uh, have him in my notes, but uh, that's a, that's an interesting one. I like it. All right. So on to our final game of the week here, Bears at Rams. An under-the-radar terrible game. 
Um, is it still under the radar? It shouldn't be at this it point. It shouldn't. I mean, like if you look at the two, if you look at the two teams, like the the Bears and the Rams, you don't expect them to be bad, but they have been bad this year in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Um, the only green light I have in this game is Todd Gurley, and the only reason is because first and foremost, he's getting a large majority of the carries. Um, I know Darrell Henderson is playing a lot now or not a lot, but a decent amount, probably a third of the time. But I mean, Todd Gurley's kind of t- dominating the carries there. And the, uh, the bears have struggled against the run lately. Um, on the, on the season, they've given up the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, now over the past two weeks, they haven't been terrible, but I mean, Jordan Howard gashed them on the ground, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders gashed them on the ground. Um, and then in the Detroit's run games kind of in shambles at this point, but Jay McKissick had a, a double digit uh, fantasy game against them last week. So they just have not been able to stop the run. Todd Gurley, one of the better running backs that they have faced this season. So he's my only green light this, this week though. I, I would, <laughs> I would say it's kind of a yellow green at this point because of these, this offense. Um, so, I think you're okay starting Todd Gurley, but I don't think his ceiling is going to be there this week um, against the Bears. Uh, a lot of yellow lights, and and I really debated on this one. Jared Goff looked has has not looked good this season. Um, I, I don't I don't know what's going on with the with the Rams offense, but um, he. Goff last week against Pittsburgh at 12.2 fantasy points against San Francisco at 3.9. But then there's a lot of 20 point games in there, but the bears have been really good against the pass this season, which is to be expected with that front seven plus the, uh, the cornerbacks that they do have. Uh, so Jared Goff's the yellow light this week. Um, then his pass catchers as well, Robert Woods and uh, Cooper cup. I mean, it, they're gonna have it, they're gonna have to throw it to somebody. Uh, Cooper Cup had a big old zero last week, which disappointed a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I mean, temper expectations on the pass catchers. Gerald Everett as well uh, for the Rams. The the um, Bears have actually given up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends on the season. Um, They've been a worse of late against tight ends. So Gerald Everett could have a decent game. He's been a much more involved in the past game this season than he that and tight ends in general have uh, than they were last season. So I, I don't mind Gerald Everett at a start. But again, anybody in this passing offense for the for the Rams, you need to uh, temper expectations on uh, the only the only. <laughs> And this is the highest ranked, I guess, uh, bear is Allen Robinson, despite his quarterback is, is, has been had a fantastic season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson's the only yellow light here. He is going to have to face Jalen Ramsey, obviously, but he, I, I think there'll be enough volume that he should have an okay day. He won't have the ceiling, obviously, facing Jalen Ramsey. Thus, he is a yellow light. A lot of red lights, though. Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> and and I know you what you're gonna say here, but shut up. <laughs> Make me, David Montgomery. Uh, 
Well, okay. Uh, so let's go through this. So the Rams for for Mitchell Trubisky, the Rams have allowed the um, the tenth fewest fantasy points to, to quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky just has not had a good season whatsoever. Um, so I, I you can't really trust Mitchell Trubisky against this team or, or against the Rams. This defense, uh, David Montgomery, <laughs> the the Rams have allowed. The, um, the also the tenth fewest fantasy points to running backs on the season uh, over the last five weeks. They've allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs. So uh, I just he David Montgomery struggled last week. I think he's going to struggle again this week. Another good uh, defense that they're playing. Um, he struggled last week against the the Detroit Lions, who have a terrible defense against the run, by the way. And and largely, it, I think it's due to the Chicago Bears' offensive line. I believe they rank 27th in adjusted line yards. This offensive line has been bad uh, for for Chicago. So, I, I mean, it definitely doesn't help Trubisky. It doesn't help Montgomery. So, against a good front um, – Front four, I, I just I think they're gonna those two are gonna struggle. Anthony Miller, I don't know I, I don't know what happened this year. Um, obviously the the pass offense has struggled for Chicago, but Miller has just fallen off a cliff. Uh, he he makes appearances here and there, but n- nothing you can trust weekly. Taylor Gabriel has those one or two games every year that gives you hope, but then the rest of the year he's just n- not startable whatsoever. Um, Trey Burton, though he had a fantastic season last season, has not been good this season. Tariq Cohen has gotten fewer and fewer touches, fewer and fewer snaps for whatever reason. I have no idea what Matt Nagy's doing. I honestly think that Mitchell Trubisky needs to be benched. Um, But it seems to be there's an ego thing there with Matt Nagy. So this is honestly going to be an ugly game. Uh, I, I really do expect the Rams to win here, but I don't know if there's going to be a lot of scoring here. Yeah, uh, I mean, you you know that I've got Montgomery as a yellow light, not a red light. I get it. It's just, man, it's it's hard to find. It, it's it's hard to find 30 better options, which I guess, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. It kind of comes down to what's your threshold for each, yeah. for each designation. And for me, you know, a flex level starter is still going to get a yellow light, but beyond that, I mean, uh, you know, he, the Rams over the last four games are allowing 2.9 yards per carry, which is essentially what David Montgomery just, did against a horrible Detroit Lions uh, front seven. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine him, you know, doing any better than uh, than what he did against Detroit. So, I I'm fully on board with with getting him out of your lineup if you have any way to do it. I just I think that there are probably some David Montgomery owners who are going to have a a really hard time coming up with two running backs in a flex who are who are going to get anywhere near the volume that David Montgomery is going to get. And, and that's fair. I I just 
I, I don't have to worry about it because uh, <laughs> well, good for you. I don't have David Montgomery anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> but, I don't yeah, have Jared Goff anywhere. So yeah, and, and and I view it as like David Montgomery, like his ceiling for me is like 11, 12 points. Yeah. Like it's 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 gonna be a rough game. And the only and and maybe maybe if he scores a touchdown, it's a little bit higher, but it's just gonna be a rough go because the way I view it is that secondary is good enough at this point that they can stack the box and make Mitchell Trubisky throw. And making Mitchell Trubisky throw is going to end up in in some it's very good thing. Yeah, no. So so I think David Montgomery is just going to be into in a bad place because he's going to be facing a lot of heavy boxes. Yeah. And uh, I I want to say that it's three of the of the Rams offensive linemen are going to miss this game. I think they're down to their third string center. It's man, like the, the, for the Rams, it's, it's a, it like injuries is kind of the big thing. I mean, you're still missing Brandon cooks. You, who knows if you're going to get him back this season. Uh, and now the offensive line. So beat up the, the Bears side, it's just complete ineptitude. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what it is that's broken with both of these. All we need to know is that these neither one of these offenses is anything that you really want anything to do with for fantasy purposes right now. Cooper Cup could definitely be a bounce back, but man, after after a goose egg last week, it's it's a little tough to trust. Right. All right, well, that'll do it for part one, though. Those are uh, those are all the NFC home games. Uh, we actually have another one on uh, part two as well, just to balance things out a little bit. So uh, we'll be back with part two tomorrow. That's actually going to be James the Brain and the Big Irish John McGlynn, uh, and then of course the injury report with Ethan Turner. Uh, so uh, so make sure to check that one out. Otherwise, uh, good luck in week eleven. <laughs>